What's up, guys? I am Chad Brock, and you are watching the first episode of Jackson Kayak Doc Talk. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the new show, Doc Talk. We've got a couple special guests tonight. I am going to let them introduce themselves. Tell them a little bit about themselves. We've got to go in alphabetical order. So, Adam, lead us off. All right. So, I'm Adam Patron. I'm fishing out of New York right now, soon to be Tennessee. Uh, you know, just got done fishing Champlain. So, looking forward to tonight. Looking forward to the new show. All right. What's uh, up? Joshua Evans, tell us a little bit about you, bro. What's going on, everybody? Joshua Mac Evans here. Um, currently reside in Maryland, and um, yeah, I fish primarily the Hobies uh, and and our local trail and my KBF. But um, yeah, I just uh, I'm glad to be here. Chopped up with y'all a little bit. I see Josh is on the water. <laughs> <laughs> Josh <nice>. came fishing. <laughs> Josh Stewart, tell tell the people. Oh, we've lost him. Must have hooked into one. All right, so let's get into this. So the first event, um, tell people at home a little bit about Doc Talk first. So what Doc Talk is going to be? It's going to be a collect conversation. Uh, basically, we're going to be sitting around the hotel gate, around the Orion cooler, if you will, um, shooting the breeze and um, talking about fishing. Uh, so yeah, with that being said. Uh, Josh Stewart, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you and what you're fishing in, man. I think we've you there. Okay, we're just going to get into it. Let's talk Chickamauga, Joshua, and um. Let's uh, let's hear a little bit about what the what the deal was out there at Chickamauga. What'd you find? What'd you, what'd you see? And tell us a little bit well, about the areas you fish, man. I'll tell you what. I didn't get a ton of time to pre-fish, which was a little bit disappointing. Um, Chickamauga's been on my bucket list for a while. Um, but So I got down there with a day of pre-fishing, and, um, and it's a lot of water to figure out. You know, I had done a lot of, of prior map research, um, you know, Navionics, Google Earth, all the all the different ways, really. Um, prior to going down, you know, source a little online info, looking and seeing, you know, what I could see, reports, tournaments, all that. Um, you know, uh, I, hell, I pinged you for a little info because uh, I know you went down recently. Um, and try, I tried to really put it all together uh, along with looking at the generation schedule. And, and my buddy Ryan Lambert lived down there, uh, went out and pre-fished with him. And uh, liked what I saw, you know, uh, going into the tournament. We, I, you know, did well in pre-fishing. Um, made sure that it was supposed to be generating current on Saturday, you know, where we were and, and where we'd see it. And 
uh, I, I thought we had a, a good combination locked in. That that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so tell not us a little all. bit. Of, let's hear a little bit about what happened. Well, I'll tell you. So uh, day one didn't start out great for me. Uh, I'm, I'm you know pedaling one of the new NAR FDs. Awesome, awesome boat. Um, but I, I was messing with the steering, trying to tension it, and and I made an error um, with it. Uh, and, and so I, I had those issues right at launch time, you know, uh, kind of threw me off my game a little bit. So I tried to get back into it, went out, was marking, you know, a ton of fish, tons of bait, uh, and thought that, man, I'm, I'm like ready for the perfect storm. Caught a couple, you know, 14, 14 half early and then nothing, everything was shorts after that. Um, and it just, it, it, you know, I was fishing mostly a drop shot on some humps, um, Again, you know, there was there was definitely good fish there, but they just weren't they weren't firing that day for us. Right on. Now, Chickamauga first time. What'd you think of it? Oh man, I mean, it's an awesome place. I uh, if I had more time to spend down there, you know, I, I'm one of those people that I like to really see a lake and and you know, be able to get out on the water and graph it and. And just see see what you know things that you might not see on the map, right? Different characteristics and features. Um, you know, you can see the contours and the drops and all that really well on maps, but there's other little things that factor into it. You know, what uh, little feeder creeks or or water running down and and certain types of of you know what what's the bank made out of. Um, a lot of little things like that you don't know unless you actually see it in person. So I mean, I'd love to get down there and just get lost for a couple weeks and really just see what that place has to offer. I know it has some giants in there. Oh, absolutely it does. And, um, you know, I think the funny thing about when you look at Chick is, and I'm sure that you fellas will agree with this, those fish are mad about something. They, a 13-inch, 14-inch fish is like setting the hook in a daggum five-pounder. They're yeah, it's like fighting a susky smallmouth. They are very upset individuals um, for anybody that has not been to Chickamauga. Um, those fish are mad. How's it going, yeah. Josh? Can you hear us? <laughs> we can't you hear you, man. Around? Did you have to run around a lot on Chick? I saw a lot of that, a lot of moving, a lot of covering a lot of water. Me personally or, or Josh? You. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, good thing we differentiated. Yeah. Um, not, you know, I, I didn't do a ton of running around. I think I probably went, uh, you know, only uh, probably about a couple miles when I was trying to find fish and get, get, find the ones that were biting. Um, I, I fished a lot of different types of water, but I, by that point in the day, you know, uh, the sun was up and, and waving bright and that made, uh, change things again. So I just, I couldn't get on them, man. Did you, did you fish chick? I wasn't able to make chick, but I talked to a few down there, and they said they had to just run all over the place, put miles on the kayak. Yeah, I, I know so. quite a few guys that did that. And then, uh, of course, you know, oh, Josh there cashed a nice check. Yes, um, Josh did. He sure did. Uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the guys that cashed checks, I noticed, were fishing kind of more main river stuff. Um, you know, I, I think that that definitely came into play for them. You know, they, they the bit of current they did generate on Saturday, I think – they were able to capitalize on that. Whereas back up in, in the creeks and stuff, um, you know, you didn't see as much movement really. The water was a lot higher. 
And, you know, Josh, when I was down there, the grass really hadn't come up yet. Um, we was down there at the end of April um, fishing the event that I fished, and, and there wasn't a lot of grass yet. Had that started to come back up when you yeah, guys you were know, there? Or? In spot, I didn't find a lot of green grass. I know other people that did well did. Um, most of the grass I found was just subsurface or right at the surface. Um, and it was already brown. It was a lot, you know, it, it wasn't, it didn't seem healthy and it didn't, I, I didn't feel where I was at least that it was holding quality fish. Now there's guys that did do really well in the tournament that fished in close proximity, but they started shallow early, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and were able to get those, those bites kind of fired off early when, when they were still really getting after it. Now, what areas on the lake or which bays or, or coves did you fish in while you was down there? I tell you what, I don't remember the name of the place that I ended up fishing. I just know it was south. Chickam- and it was, Chickamauga. Chickamauga. It was the, it was the wrong <laughs> ass place. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it, lo- it, lo- it looked so good. God, in pre-fishing, it was so nice. Um, you know, Ryan slammed a, like a 21 and a quarter, 21 and three quarters. He's like, yep, they're still here. I was like, all right. <laughs> you know? Um, I put together a nice little limit, just kind of picking around without beating anything up. And I thought, man, you know, tournament day is going to be lights out, uh, going to, you know, carry in a day too nicely. There'd be plenty of fish, you know, uh, to be had both days. And it just did not materialize like that. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's kind of some of what we've seen down there too. I mean, it was, and the funny thing about Chickamauga is it's a very special place where, and, and Champlain the same way you can really run a variety of patterns. It's not just, this is the deal. It, it can be a number of things. I mean, you can go catch them flipping and, and fish it like Gunnersville out in the main lake with deep water grass. You can drop the ledges and fish it like Kentucky Lake, or you can run back up in some Creek and just get nasty with it, flipping grass and brush and different things. And, and that's one of the things that really makes, uh, Chickamauga, a very special place to go fish. Yeah, definitely. There's so much variety and, and regardless of, you know, what your strengths and fishing style might lean more heavily towards, there's something for you there. Um, you know, I wish I would have pulled out my jackhammer or, or even like one of my spooks early and gotten shallow and just went to work. I feel like it would have, it would have yielded different results, but you know, it's one of those what if games and I'm about the next tournament myself. (laughs) There you go. There you go. So Adam, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Champlain. Let's, uh, you had a great finish up there. You got your, on you got day your big two. cardboard on day check. two, you, on you day got, two, on day two, uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt ball, which is not, he wasn't yep. able to be with us tonight. He had a pretty good finish on day one. Yep. Um, but you got the big cardboard check. You going to flash it to the world. Just, I think I do have it down. Oh, I do have it down here. There you go. Right there. Cardboard <laughs> checks right there. That's, that's the real talk people. If you got cardboard checks hanging on your wall, then you ain't doing it. All I got is a big Dale Hollow sign. He, he said, I got to uh, sort through my checks. Hold on. <laughs> so, Adam, tell us a little right bit there. about uh, Champlain, what happened, what went on, yeah, what was so you doing? Champlain, this is my only second time ever fishing Champlain. And last year for the Hobie, I didn't fish anything north of about 20, about 15 miles south of Ticonderoga. So I was like the south, south part of the lake. So this time I said, no matter what, targeting smallmouth, find a backup plan with some largemouth. And that's kind of what I went in. So I actually stayed right on a Canadian border this time. Oh, wow. I pulled my camper up there. I got about two and a half days of pre-fishing, which is about a day with the wind. 
because you, I mean, it's uncontrollable that Champlain. Right. So, but uh, yep, went up there, decided, you know, target smallmouth. Uh, I'm leaving the Northeast and heading to Tennessee, so I wanted to target smallmouth anyways, just because I'm not going to be able to jump on them again for a while. So, uh, yeah, I got up there during pre-fishing, launched a boat right after I got there. I had about three hours before dark. I went out in Kings Bay, and I didn't catch a single fish. <laughs> didn't get a bite, didn't see a fish, didn't see a bed, and I was like, oh, no. Like, this is how it's going to start. <laughs> so, made the decision to go a little south. Uh, I actually, I fished in St. Albans Bay with, like, 40 other people. The first day of the ramp, there's, there had to be 30 boats at the ramp. I was actually shocked how condensed we were on that big of a lake with only 80 people. Wow. But uh, fished St. Albans, so I went out pre-fished. I decided to target smallmouth, like I said. I wanted, I, I found some fish around an island. And I actually found a little tucked in area on this island and I didn't see anybody else hit, but there was bedded largemouth and bedded smallmouth in about five to eight feet of water. And if the wind wasn't blowing, you could see them. If it was blowing, you just had to blind cast for them, which made it pretty difficult. So I found them during pre-fish and then close to the island, there was three humps and they were, they were on the map, but nobody fished them. No, no bass boat no kayak i didn't wow. see anybody ever go out there and fish them i ran out there i had a ned rig turn tied on like everybody else at uh champlain i made three casts i caught three over 19 wow. one on each hump and i left on that that was my second day of pre-fish and i was like okay the big ones are there hopefully i didn't i didn't make hardly any cast whatsoever went out there on Friday, and I said, okay, now I'm going to focus on finding where the largemouth are in this bay, have a little backup plan. So I went searching for bedded smallmouth, bedded largemouth, checked docks, and I kind of found out I could catch a lot of 16, 17 inches off almost every dock, and then uh, marked the big smallmouth I could see on a bed on a big flat. So that was kind of my game plan. It's the only thing I had, the only bay I fish other than Kings Bay. So I knew I was going there for both days. Right. Hey, Adam, I got a question for you. So, I, I mean, I, I'm in Maryland, and I fish, like, Susquehanna smallies, like, I, you know, river river smallies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't fi- – I've never really fished a ton of stuff up by you guys. Uh, I mean, I fished Cayuga and, like, a couple other lakes up there. But other than that, I never really fished for smallies in, in like, the clear northern lakes. What what are you looking for when uh, you're fishing, like say bedding smallies? What do you, what are you kind of trying to target? So, I have also only lived up here for eight months and haven't targeted smallmouth that often. But uh, what I've noticed now is, you know, five to eight foot of water seems to be the bigger fish for smallmouth. It's kind of that pebbly sand bottom, uh, but it kind of depends on each lake you go to. Like up at uh, up in Maine at. Uh, was the KBF event up there. Mescalonsky fish were in three foot of water on pebble banks and they were just in there. And it didn't matter what you threw in the bed. Like catching a smallmouth bedded is about the easiest fish you've ever done. Like I'm, I, it's almost insane how you just toss an egg rig in there. It doesn't matter what color and they eat it instantly. Like I didn't have to, not like a large mouth, you got to make them mad. They just, you get it in vicinity of that fish and they eat it or they oh, pick it up and move it. And your smallmouth, are, are they are, they're just kind of like we was talking about chickpock fish. They're just mad. They're small. Oh, the Champlain smallies were mad. Like, they, <laughs> so 
Tuscahani Smallman to me are still the meanest fish there are. Like they, they just fight with that current and stuff. It's crazy. But like I got bit by so many fish. Like you grab them in the mouth, they'd just be biting you. Like they were just mean up there at Camp Plain. It was it was some fun fishing. Right on. So, but tournament day was crazy because I showed up to the ramp. I always get there early. Like I got there at three in the morning, put the boat in where I can kind of relax, take a nap if I want to. And then I thought I didn't see anybody pre-fishing. I think I saw three kayakers the entire two days, and it looked like a parade coming down the, the thing with just one boat, and then a, another truck with four boats. It's like, oh my god! And I think at the end, I think there were, was twenty-seven people who launched at that one ramp at St. Albans. Now, when when this is this is a question for anybody that wants to answer, it, or you can both answer it. When you guys are pre-fishing like that, and you don't see anybody around does that boost your confidence or is that something that um, maybe makes you feel a little bit nervous at times? So, no, I try to go where nobody else is and do completely different stuff than what I think people are doing. That's kind of what I, I target in a tournament environment. I, I don't want to see people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really couldn't agree more. Um, you know, uh, you go out and you have a, a banner, you know, time pre-fishing, and you don't see a kayak the whole day. Yeah, I mean, that's like, okay, I might be on that juice, right? And then tournament day, you see a whole bunch of people show up. You're like, ooh, okay, well, they know about the juice too. I guess it's time to grind. But, but you know, um, if I'm pre-fishing and I'm driving around checking out ramps and kind of layouts, and I'm seeing, you know, 20 trucks parked there, I'm, I might just go ahead and avoid that area. I won't even put in, you know? I won't even put in. I'm the same way. If I see 20 trucks, I'm done. It's Absolutely. not even worth it to me. I'd rather go out and not catch anything, but at least I'm doing it by myself in an area where I may have the opportunity to get on something. So, Yeah, man. I, I, I'll tell you what. I launched at a, at a big ramp. I fished an event down uh, in the Queen City BOS combo event uh, a couple years back. And I went to one of the main launches, and I didn't realize it was. But I'll be damned if there wasn't at least 30 other kayaks that launched out of there. And it was literally I'd go to a spot, and it was Leapfrog all morning to the point where I felt like I was just getting blocked and I was getting just, you know, it wasn't anything conducive to what I was trying to do. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I got to avoid people the, like that. That's how Mescalazzi was in Maine with KBF. Yeah. I mean, it didn't matter where you went. There was 15 other people on that small lake. Right. And you just got to deal with it. I mean, you got to find that stuff out where no one's looking. So it was, it was, yeah. Champlain is such a big lake. I didn't expect to see everyone. So, just right there and everyone it seems like a lot of people were up in the north end which i don't blame them small mouth all right looks like we got josh dirty is he in the house now we can't hear you because your microphone's muted i don't know if he can hear us unmute <laughs> <laughs> At least he's fishing. He's fishing. He's having fun. He's getting mad at it. Just go fishing, Josh. It's but, fine. Yeah, um, Champlain was unique because you target a smallmouth. The winds got crazy on day two, so it was hard to stay out deep. And my fish were all – all the big ones seemed to be coming out of the big humps out deep. For me, I can't say big humps. They were small humps just isolated. Out and – uh once I, once that bite, once I just, it was unsafe for me to be out there. I, I ran shallow, started chasing whatever bedding fish I could find. But with that wind, 
I'd be literally running the motor guide as fast as I could down the bank, see a white spot and flip the Ned rig in there. Two pops, flip it again, two pops, and then race, continue, keep going as fast as I can and trying to keep the three footers from coming over the side of the kayak while trying to bed fish. It, it got entertaining for you. Right on. Now, when you guys, and this is a question for, for all of you, um, when you're, we're talking about people being close and, and congested at the ramps, so for folks at home that may not know this answer, you've got obviously the KBF and the Bass Nation tournaments. They all run uh, trolley motors. Uh, you can run a Torquedo. You can run the uh, anything off the front of the bow, uh, Newport, whatever kind of motor you want to put on your boat. Uh, the Hobie events are all still man-powered at the actual tournament. Now, how much between the two events do you see? Do you see more congestion at a Hobie event because of the fact that um, at these BOS tournaments, you know, they can't motor out as far or they choose not to motor out as far. Go ahead, Joshua. I was just going to say, honestly, no. Um, I mean, in any tournament, aside from what it sounds like with Champlain, right, <laughs> where there's there's a couple, I mean, it's a huge lake, but there's a couple rounds where just everybody goes because it's near those areas. Um, if you're fishing on bigger systems, you know, I think that's, that's more what it has to do with than necessarily the you know motor no motor argument because i mean i know dudes in these hobies that'll go 10 12 miles plus in a day um to get away from everybody right and get after fish when they know there's no other ramps things like that so i don't really think that it's that big of a deal i think some of it's uh, personal preference um i mean i would love for hobie to to allow motors but they don't and that's cool uh, I'm going to keep fishing cause it's the premier trail. You know what I mean? In my eyes, I mean, everybody has their, their tastes and what they dig and what they don't, but, um, I don't know, man. I think that, that, you know, yeah, they're well ran and, and yeah, all that bo- so. body of water time of year all is going to play into what the fish are doing. If it's going to get small. You're right. But if you're on like Kentucky Lake, there's, there's plenty spread out. If you, you know, but if you're up in the Northern, if you're on like a Cayuga or Lake George, or it's gonna it's gonna get small quick. Yep, absolutely. Now, talking about uh, some of the different places coming up, um, you guys have got events still yet to go. We're not quite done with tournament season. Tournament season is uh, what? 50? Well, there's there's a few events left in the KBF, and there's a few events left in the BOS. And I know Bassmaster's got uh, two or three. Um, so let's talk a little bit about where you guys are headed and and maybe some of the things that you think could be in play. I mean, obviously we're not even to practice yet, so let's uh, let's kind of hit on those items. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah. So for me, since I'm literally right in the moving to Tennessee right now, I I don't know what's in front of me. So I, I would like to make Percy Priest if I'm down there for a KBF. Uh, I would. I didn't get into the Susky on Hobie, which is like my favorite tournament of the year. So a little depressed on that. I'm still on the wait list, though. So people need to get out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, really, right now, looking at for me, the only thing that I know I can make, and that's about ninety percent, is the national championship of KBF on Kentucky. Lake. So right on. I'll be. I'm gonna live about forty-five minutes from the lake. Okay. So. I should be able to get some good intel at least for that one. But yeah, I, I, I don't know what's next. I'm going to fish as many things as I can. I'll fish. I always fish local too. I love the local event. So, uh, but for national events, 
I think the next one is the national championship for KBS. And I, I wish I could make Hobie because I love fishing those two-day Hobie events. They're, it is one of the best in my mind, too. It's Hobie's fun to fish, but uh, cards aren't going to roll out. I, I won't be able to get any bass. I, I did the Bass Nation Championship this year, mm-hmm. but I'm not able to get any of the Bassmaster events. So, Joshua, what do you got going on? Uh, well, uh, I've got Winnipesaukee, the BO, the next BOS on, on uh, tap here next was the next weekend now i don't even know good lord next weekend it's gonna be, um, gonna be off the chain dude. it's gonna be a good one. Oh, dude yeah um, I, I i've got I, i've got some good ideas of where i'm gonna fish there um and you know you talk about i'm not gonna give any of that away i'm gonna tell you that now but <laughs> i will say i will say it, it's um it, it's a little bit of an adventure to get where i'm trying to get so we finna see if that's gonna pay off i will say that um I don't know, man. I'm really excited about that one, but I'm also really excited. Um, you know, our local trail, uh, mid Atlantic kayak bass fishing that, that, um, I help run. We, we are the, the trail that initially, you know, reached out to AJ and said, Hey, come do an event on the Susky. And, uh, and then the BOS has been rocking here ever, here ever since. So we're co-hosting that, uh, at the end of July. And that's, I, I mean, Winnie is one thing, but you know, the susky that's that's an hour and a half from the crib i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna have a lot of time on the water prior to that one um you know i'm I'm excited for that yeah that's that's my favorite event of the year uh and after that we'll see what happens you know i haven't had had the best season thus far so i'm hoping to do well in these next two uh you know if i can get a top three and make it to the toc that would be that's the ultimate goal right um ultimate goal you know, I, I still have never placed in, in a top like top 10 or even top half of the field for that matter in a BOS um, due to, you know, a lot of things out of my control and then just a lot of bad decisions. I'll be honest. But um, I don't know, man. I feel good about these next two. So we're going to see what happens. There you go. That's all you can do is, is stay optimistic. And, you know, half of well, a lot of tournament fishing is just positive momentum um, at the end of the day. And it's, it's believing in what you can and can't do. Um, now we're talking about, you know, the BOS and, and you mentioned barely getting in or missing, um, my gosh, how has, I mean, this year has been crazy. When you look at the scope of everything, you've got the events are going within seven minutes of being alive. They're full. Um, now we've got the, the gas prices and the different things going on, um, out there in the world. How much is that changing what you guys are doing? What kind of adjustments are you making? Is it frustrating? Well, I mean, for- it's, it's frustrating not to get into the event you want to fish in. So, because sometimes work, you just, I couldn't step out of a meeting or anything. So I literally got a text saying you're an idiot from a buddy. Cause I didn't get into the Susky and I was like, Oh yeah, that was this morning. <laughs> I was like, so there's nothing you can do. No. So it's good that it maxed out. I mean, that's great. That's great for kayak fishing. That's great for you know, it just means the sport's building. So I mean, it's not a bad thing, but uh it sure hurts when you're one of those that doesn't get in. <laughs> and and I think the structure for the BOS is is phenomenal, what they've been able to do there. And and back to kind of not beating on a horse here but you know talking about the motor thing and you know there is a lot of guys that really prefer the stuff that's got the motors and you know the premier trail that we've got out there right now is is really the bos and 
it is no motor and it is selling out while there's still plenty of spots left in, in the other two. It's, it's a lot even faster if you had, if you're allowed motors. Yeah. And I think that you would have to be sitting there with your phone ready to go and hope you got the slot. And it, yeah, I mean, it pretty much that way is that way. I mean, I tried to sign up for Chickamauga and missed it literally by one minute. Got a text at 11.02 and by 11.07 it was gone. So Yeah, you definitely know the day that it happened because you start getting those texts. What are you talking about? Oh, that was today. Well, there's no way I'm on it, so I'm probably 100 on the wait list now. Yeah, man, I uh, I had reminders set on my phone. So I, I uh, before the season ever happens, I look at all the major trails and I look at what what looks like I'm going to be able to make it to, you know, between travel time and, and distance and all that. Um, and if I want to fish the place, right. It, I mean, if they have something that's, you know, only three or four hours away, but it's, it's trash, I'm not going. Right. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I look, I, I, I look at that heavily at the beginning of the season, uh, and, and plan pretty well accordingly to that. I mean, the, the gas prices and all that other nonsense going on right now, um, hasn't changed my plans really. I mean, you know, I, I was excited to, to fish the, the bass series again this year and none of the lakes were anywhere within, you know, a, a reasonable distance really. So I had to really say, okay, am I going to try to, you know, fish a little bit from each trail or am I just going to dedicate to one that, you know, can kind of get within the footprint I'm trying to land in, if that makes sense. I think uh, that's a good question for both of you. It, you know, I mean, do you guys see a time where you say I'm going to, you know, dedicate to this. This is, this is the only one I'm going after and this is it. I mean, I know you're kind of both fishing different things, but uh, do you see a time where you, you're going to settle in and just say, this is the one I'm going for it. For me, I try to go for all three of them. It's just, I, I can't line up a schedule with, with my job. So it's, it's, you know, I, I half the time I get zero pre-fish. I'll drive 12 hours at night. I'm at a ramp and I go fishing. And it's just what I have to deal with. And but, it's working. Uh, for line, it's working. It seems to work <laughs> all right. But uh, I try to get the three KBF events in. I try to get the, the amount enough for AOI for all three of the three national trails. And then like Bass, if they would have had some more in some regional locations this year, it would have been easier to get to. But it was tough. They were all pretty south. And it was that was a tough lake schedule when they came out with it. I well, the good news is you're moving there. south. Good news is I'm moving to Tennessee, so it'll be a little <laughs> bit easier. So. <laughs> Man, you're gonna have so much, so much good fishing down there, dear God. Yeah, um, where I'm going, I've already lived there for 11 years, so it's oh, it's, it's, so I got some, I got some history down there already. That's a beautiful thing, man. I I, uh, I tried talking my wife into moving to Tennessee, and she said the only place in the South I'm moving is Texas. I said, well, okay. So I, I, I tried finding it. In. <laughs> well, we're Cali. We're from Cali originally. Um, yeah. And then when I was in the army, I was stationed. You know, I was in, I was stationed in Texas for about five years, and that and, and we dug it there, you know. Um, but she's not really about the down south business. So, uh, but as far as this goes, what, what, what you know. Uh, I primarily fish the Hobies. Uh, there, you know, again, I, I, I really, especially with money being the way it is right now and all the prices, um, Hobie is the primary one I fish aside from local stuff. Um, and, and factored in again, where they, where they have the events, how the events are run, uh, and the competition level, 
Uh, I think all those things really played into into my decision to fish primarily that. Um, I would love it if bass would, you know, change some of the things they do and, and be a little more angler focused, I guess, would be the way to put it. Um, and also, you know, have a actual solid list of lakes, I guess, uh, next season. I, you know, I would entertain fishing them again for sure. KBF, you know, if they if they come in my backyard, I'm going to go catch a check. But otherwise, I don't really, I don't really travel for those. Right on. Um, let's uh, let's throw something out here to you guys that are watching. We've got a few out there that are watching live. Um, if you guys got any questions, go ahead and drop them in the comments. We can see them, um, and we will try to get those answered for you here in just a few minutes. Um, so as we talk about this stuff, you guys looking back on these and reflecting, what would you do different on either on your last two events, gentlemen? Hi. I would have slept so, in. <laughs> so that's, not for, the, that's not the right answer, Josh. For Champlain, I think I think I left my deep fish to go get a limit, and that was my fault. I should have stayed where I knew the bigger fish were instead of going. I knew I could get a limit of 85 to 87 inches and then come back out deep, but I think if I'd have stayed out deep, just kind of spot-locked in one spot, I could have pulled out 90 inches on that. And that was my mistake. And I, I made the run. I did two miles. I caught three fish and like three casts. And I was like, you're an idiot. Go back. And I went straight back. And then, you know, I lost a couple of fish. I don't think they were key fish though, but you know, that, that was, I made, I think I made the wrong decision. I think I probably missed the biting window based off of when the biting window was on day two. I completely left on day one during that solid time frame that I could have. Right on. That's, that's tough, man. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of did something similar only without actual bite windows, just windows apparently. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I think I should have started shallow and kind of went with my, my instinct on that one, but I, I stuck deeper because that's where we saw fish. Um, and all the, I mean, there was so much bait. Oh my God. I mean, it just seemed like the perfect storm, like I said earlier. Um, so I, I think I would have started shallow and, and as the sun came up, got out to those deeper humps. Uh, I think that that might have played in well in my favor, but uh, I think I kind of flipped where I should have started versus where I ended. Um, so if I had to do it over, I definitely would have done that. You know. Yeah, I mean, hindsight, gentlemen, is always twenty twenty, and like we were talking before this thing got started, you know, we always, as any angler sits around on Monday morning, win, lose, or draw, and says, "This is what I should have done." <laughs> I mean, Even if you do good, you're like, I could have done. I could have done better. Yeah, I should have went. I should have made that six mile run to the one hump way out in no man. Yeah, I could have. I could have had another twenty. <laughs> I mean, that's that's that's. Honestly I think it hurts worse if you don't fish clean. At least at Champlain, I fished clean. I didn't lose any key fish. I lost fish, but I don't. They didn't feel like like it wasn't my mind. Like I just. Well, and I think that's that's a great topic I, you know when you're out there and you do lose something there is something powerful to those that are numb um to it and it's just right back in it like not even a not even really a bad word gets uttered it's just and you're right back out there in it um you know yeah. i'll tell you something guys i um I, i've been doing this now for probably about i don't know eight years or so of the tournaments and all that, right? Uh, from kayaks at least. And, uh, I used to, especially when I fished the national events where I was traveling, 
I used to get so down on myself when I didn't do well. Uh, I mean, you have, you know, a, a 10, 15 hour drive home and you got nothing but time to think about yeah. what you could have improved on, what you could have done better. And, uh, and I, I used to just get so down on myself about it and be like, man, I think I'm going to stop tournament fishing. I, you know, um, I get really in my head and my heart about it really. But the more I've done this, the more, I mean, I'm just like, damn, the whole reason I do this is for the relaxation and, and the getting out there and, and getting back with nature and kind of just, just chilling. You know what I mean? Uh, the tournament aspect of it, God, I love it, but you can't, I've learned that I can't let myself and people shouldn't in general, let themselves, um, get too, you know, uh, enveloped in, in, in the, if you fail or not. Right. What, I mean, it's, it's a relative term really. Right. Did I go down there? Did I see my people and, and have a good time? Did I catch fish? Did I, you know, get to see a new place and touch new water? Hell yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think perspective yeah. has a lot. Now we've got one question from the, from the audience. We've got uh, Lance is wanting to know how it feels to be part of team red boat. <laughs> that's, that's, that's McWhorter. So it, it feels great. So obviously me and Lance have been traveling a lot together. We both run red boats. So we did, you know, hashtag team red boats for Jackson been rolling with it. Got a red NARS coming in. I know he picked his up. I know mine's coming hopefully soon. And, uh, yeah, Team Redboat will be back at the national championship rolling. So, what about you, Joshua? Did you get a red one this time around? Oh, I absolutely did. I absolutely did. That was, uh, you know, I, I know Adam and Lance they haven't been on the team as long, so I got to tell you guys about. We used to have this little murder boat, ga murder gang boat, right? And it was pretty much everybody had blacked out, all blacked out boats. Um, I'm not going to list, you know, some of the team members, cause some of them aren't with us anymore. Some, some are still, but, um, that was some badass stuff, man. You go to a national event and you show up and you got four or five other dudes and they all got black boats, man. That's cool. It just, it called yeah, me silly. I, but I, that's saw, cool. I saw some of those black boats. I was like, those are, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they were yeah, good looking. That's, the, that's the original red boat gang. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm happy to announce that I have officially, I'm, I'm getting out of the red boat gang, the red big rig. I don't care if it ever sees the light of day again. Um, that's where me and that's where me and the color red are at. Um, <laughs> I'm sticking to my blue <laughs> blues and greens. Um, so yeah. And, uh, Steve Owens. He wants to know what part of Tennessee are you moving to Adam? I'm going to Parksville, Fort Campbell area. There you go. There you I go. was going to suggest you link up with him, Adam, if you don't know Steve real well or not, but that's about one of the best damn people there is anywhere in the United States and especially in Tennessee. That's the man to know right there. That's my boy. Yep. And do that. you'll be three hours away, Adam. You need anybody to come fish with you down on the great sea of Kentucky Lake. You let me know. I'll drive <laughs> on down. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much gonna, pretty much gonna do it for tonight. I really do appreciate you guys being on here. So it's only proper starting alphabetic order. Adam, thank the people that you need to thank and tell the people where to follow you, find you on the socials. Yep. So first and foremost, I got to thank Jackson kayak. They did bring me on a team this year. Uh, 
Love my Jackson big rig. Looking forward to getting to the NAR. So Jackson kayak, Dakota lithium. I mean, and motor guide. Those two paired. I mean, I went through on Champlain. I went through 100 and probably 50 amp hours with the battery. And about every tournament so far, I've gone through about the same because I like to run. Uh, Got to thank Protos Custom Rods. Uh, Rob Richards down in Texas builds my rods. Does a great job. Call him up. Tell him, hey, I, I wanted to do this. He makes it happen. So uh, check him out if you haven't seen it. Uh, Got to thank Rogue Fishing. Got a matter of fact on Champlain. I was over there fighting a smallmouth on the board and it tagged the phone out of my hand and it literally went flying off the boat. And I, I oh. reflected back to Gunnersville where I <laughs> bunk on day three or on day two of the national championship. I dropped my phone in with my last fifth fish and that fish got me into the tent house and I had to dive into seaweed from my phone. It was miserable. So rogue with their tether, the 3.0 sweet, uh, man, who can't remember them all, but all my sponsors have been great. Uh, you can't do this without them, and I uh, appreciate all the support from them. You can find me on Adam Patron at Instagram uh, and Adam Patron Facebook. Uh, they're both just strictly pretty much fishing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I appreciate you having on me here. No. Uh, I can't wait to watch this every week with Doc Talk Grows. It's going to be pretty cool. So. All right, Joshua, what you got? Tell people where to find you, bro. Well, first, I want to say uh, I appreciate more than anybody, my wife, Rita, and my kiddos. Um, we have very opposite schedules, so the fact that she affords me the opportunity to come out and do what I do uh, and enjoy my Jacksons and fishing and going all these crazy places, eh, I can't say enough about that. Um, as far as sponsors go, Jackson Kayak, obviously. Uh, make the best damn kayaks in the world. I don't care what nobody say. Um, Orion Coolers. Uh, I, I got a 25, two 25s and a 35 that travel with me. So, um, they always keep everything nice, nice, and cool. Uh, I rod fishing. They make some fantastic lightweight balance. I mean, some of the best value rods, um, you'll find on the market really. Um, and, and, you know, Matt Newman over there, he takes real good care of me. Um, Dakota lithium again, the batteries, like Adam said, they come in super clutch. Um, I've got I've got them running on my graphs and had them running my motor, but I switched everything. back to yeah everything really. Uh, that little power box is clutch, man. I'm gonna tell you, get, try, keeping the phone charged or trying to see what you're doing in the dark, man. Um, pretty fantastic, <laughs> right there, exactly. Um, other than that, Malone Auto Racks they squared me away real nice over the years. Um, running my trailer, I can't can't say enough uh, good things about that one, and that's really it, man. Um, you know. I ain't going to say too much more other than I really appreciate uh, you having us on, Chad. Um, yeah. Looking forward to seeing Doc Talk grow and expand and get out there and get other guests on and see what they have to say about stuff coming up. Um, and that's really it, man. Tight line, sharp minds, you know? Let's go. Man, you now, can, my, my best purchase this year has been my Malone trailer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. Now, Can't now I, got one last, I got one last question. I got one last question before we sign off here tonight. Dustin Nichols is watching. And I just want to know, sh should we let inshore guys come on? Mm. Yes, for death. <laughs> I would say I would say only in the winter. Only in the winter <laughs> when we don't have anything going on up here in the uh, yeah. in the you know, I mean, land. It's still warm hey. down there, you know what I'm saying? So even in the winter, they're out there catching reds. I think it's a seasonal type thing. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. 
No, but you Dustin, know we got to do it. Dustin's an awesome dude. Dustin's oh, absolutely. <laughs> dude, Dustin's dope as hell. And I'll tell you what, he, he, I swear to God, I mean, I know he's, he does a lot, but he always seems to have a fishing rod and a redfish in his hand. It's the most amazing thing. Uh, yeah, every once in a while, there. one of them green fish. Every once in a while, green fish. Absolutely. <laughs> we might throw him a bone and get him on here to talk about redfish one of these days. But, uh, well, that's, has, that has been it for the first Doc Talk. We thank everybody out there for listening to us tonight, ramble on about tournament fishing, doing a little bit of green fishing. And uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it, and we'll come back for the next one. We're going to do this. We're starting out. It's going to be bi-weekly. So the next episode of Doc Talk will be on June 30th. So we'll have uh, either maybe these guys back. We'll have a different set of guys back. It's just going to be different individuals from the Jackson kayak fishing team that are out there fishing out on these trails. And uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for showing them some love. We'll see you guys next Appreciate time. Appreciate it. Have a good one. See you guys. Appreciate it, y'all.